You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me, as always, is Pastor Mark Berkshire with um, Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio, Pow. And we normally start uh, each episode of the podcast with what are we preaching on so that you guys who are listening can have an idea of what we're talking about in our congregations, even though it may not directly tie into what we're talking about here on the podcast. Uh, So what are you preaching on on Sunday? Starting a new series, a new book of the Bible on Sunday. Uh, We just finished 1 Peter, and now we're going to do 2 Peter. And we're going to talk about uh, this Sunday, an introduction into 2 Peter, looking at the first two verses, our precious faith, uh, and talking about how do we handle our faith? Do we handle it as a precious thing or are we haphazard with our faith? Good question. And on Sunday, I'm going to be talking about, uh, I think, I'm still praying about whether or not to continue it another week, but I think I'm going to wind down our series on Nahum, uh, talking about God's judgment of Nineveh, but overall, God's judgment of all nations and all people. And I'm going to share some historical pieces of information uh, that fulfill some of the prophecies that uh, Nahum made uh, in his book. Because um, people often think, well, this is just made up. This has no basis in reality. But there's so many pieces of historical evidence that actually say, yeah, look, this was fulfilled. This was fulfilled. This was fulfilled. And if God gave us historical evidence when he said, I'm going to judge Nineveh, then we should take to heart when God says, I'm going to judge the nations of the world and humanity. So uh, I'm going to share about that. Um, Today, uh, we're going to be talking about church hurt. I've listened to a lot of podcasts about it had conversations with people about it. I'm sure Mark, and he'll share, has talked to people who have experienced hurt by people in the church. And um, here's the thing. I'm going to start by saying this, though. Many pastors will come in and say, it's not a real thing. Don't deal with it. Uh, People don't get hurt. Get over it. That's not where we're going with this. It is a real thing. People sometimes are jerks. Sometimes people just suck. They mistreat one another. That's a basis of a lot of the books of the Bible is here's how to treat one another because people, even Christians sometimes, don't treat people the best. We're all on a different journey in our walk with God. Some people are further along and have learned to treat others better. Some people just came to know Christ, love the Lord, but still talk bad about people in the church, in their job, in their homes. Um because they haven't gotten to that place of learning to love their neighbor the way God loves us. So we're not saying it doesn't exist. What we're talking about is kind of what do you do about it? And most importantly, you don't separate yourself from the entire kingdom of God because of it. Um, So I've had some conversations with people online, uh, very few conversations with people in person, 
in my community who are dealing with it. But you have, Mark, had some conversations with firsthand with people who are dealing with it. Yeah, I mean, I've had several conversations over the years, but recently, one that we had that turned into a positive response uh, was the young lady that you introduced me to um, that was hurt by the church. She grew up in a church that was so um, rules-driven. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can't be with people like that. You can't be with people like that. That she just got turned off completely by the church. And she quit going. And uh, she and I talked for a, a good while on the phone. And uh, and my wife was there as well. And, and we talked together and got her involved in a local church that we knew of. Um, and uh, she's thriving. She, she gave her heart to the Lord and, and is just doing really well. And I think, to be fair, um, perhaps in a future episode, we can check with her and see if she would want to come on and share her story. Because most of the people that you hear about talking about it online are only the people who said, here's why I'm done. Here's why I left. Here's why I won't come back. You don't get to hear those stories of people who said, yeah, I did experience that, but I also went back and was able to experience something positive, something good, um, fellowship with with other people. Um, so yeah. uh, we can reach out to her and see if maybe in a future uh, episode we can have her on to share her story. And I'm actually going to reach out to her anyways, because I want her to come to our church at Middle Run and give her story. Hmm. Um, because we've been praying for her and her family. And especially her son, who who's uh, in a different state now, uh, praying for them. And, and it's a good story. I mean, it starts out really bad, <laughs> but it it it's God's glory that is shown and honored. Which that is what is supposed to be done all the time. You know, Paul says, whatever you do, whatever you say, wherever you go, however you act. It should bring glory and honor to God, not to us. And so it's it's a God glory story. So let's let's talk about this. So what should people do? Because we acknowledge uh, I've had them in my congregation over the years. You've had them in yours. We acknowledge that there are people in congregations that don't necessarily have the joy of the Lord. They mistreat other people. I've been, as a pastor, mistreated by people um, within the congregation. And, and I, I, as a pastor, have mistreated people in the congregation. And I will say I have probably done that as well. Not intentionally, but I, right. I did a short story. I had one woman when I was volunteering at a, a local food bank, and I still volunteer at a food bank, just not that one anymore. One woman who came to me and said, what did you say to, and she named her friend. I was like, I don't think I've ever met them. And she said, well, they not only 
you know, she said she was trying to invite them to a congregation. They said never will they step foot in our congregation, but they stopped going to the food bank to get food because of something that I either said or did or whatever to them. And long story short, it wasn't anything I said to them, but it is something I said as I walked by them when I thought I was just saying something to myself. And it wasn't mean or disrespectful. It was something, I don't know, I don't even remember what it was, but something probably along the lines of, wow, this really sucks or something like that. Uh, probably because I was in pain or carrying a heaven box, don't know. But for some reason, uh, even though I, I rarely ever look at people because I'm more of an introvert, they thought that as I walked by and looked at them, that I was saying that they really suck for having to come to the food bank to get food. And they were just like blown away that a pastor would say that to them. And just, I mean, it took years. I still really don't know that person, but it took years for the woman who told me this to reconcile that that's not what the pastor meant. That's not what he was saying. It wasn't personal but so i've i've probably done the same thing but what should be the proper response when people experience hurt or inadvertently hurt because sometimes it is unintentional in the body of christ for me it's 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 a no-brainer but it's not that way for everybody uh for me it is just shake it off just don't allow yourself to be hurt. I mean, if I'm going to church to please others and to have them somehow, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, somehow make me feel like I, I belong there. Then I'm going to church for the wrong reason to begin with. We are we are to come to church, and I say this all the time at my church. We are there for one another to lean on and to be with, but our main focus is to be there for God. We are there to worship Almighty God, not worship Almighty Man. So, um, I mean, I get my feelings hurt. <laughs> I get them hurt a lot, but. You have to learn that just like in any family, you're going to have disagreements, you're going to have arguments, you're going to have hurt feelings, just like any other family. And if we are truly the family of God, how do we expect not to be that way? Because we still have the human nature of man. Um, you know, when we become a Christian, doesn't necessarily we don't we don't get a magic wand thrown at us and say, you know, all of your hurts, all your troubles, all your pains are going to go away now that you become a believer. Um, if that's what you think, then you need to re-examine your relationship with Christ, because that's not what He said in His Word. Um, and that's the other thing we got to remember: we are we are all human. We're not perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to to fall short. 
um, our response in anything in life is like I said before, um, you know, we are to do what Paul said, whatever we say, whatever we do, whatever we think, wherever we go, whatever happens should be God honoring. And it, when he said that, he knew there are going to be times that they're not, you know. So I, I agree with that to the extent that, yes, we shouldn't run away like, oh, I went in and somebody mistreated me, so I'm I'm, I'm going to run away. I'm never going to go back. Um, I can understand, and we talk about that a little bit, saying I'm, I've had so many bad experiences with people that I'm not going to go back to that congregation. I need to find another place or whatever. Uh, but I also think because I've had people say to me, well, I can shake it off at work because none of my work people claim to be Christians. So I don't expect them to show me the love of Christ. I know some of them are jerks. I know yada, yada, yada about them. But I think we probably build up too much of an expectation. Like you were saying, we build up too much of an expectation. When we walk into a Sunday celebration, we expect everyone to be perfect because it's a place um, of 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 you know where we're going to seek the presence of God and to be with Christians, they expect everyone in the building is going to be Christ-like and don't realize that some people may be on various points of that journey. So I think, yeah, there should be some expectation that when you walk into, and this I blame on the pulpit, when you walk into the house of God that Okay, I know everyone's not perfect in here. Some people are coming to find God just like me. Some people may have known him for 30 years. Some people claim to may have known him, but they really don't. Uh, but there should be at least a, a an expectation of being treated civilly uh, and not being disrespectful and rude. The whole people judged me for the way I looked and the way I dressed thing, that's a, that's a separate conversation we can get into. But at least... When people walk into your Sunday celebration, treat them with kindness. Yeah. Uh, oh, don't that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Treat them with kindness. Um, if you can't because you're in a bad mood and you're not ready, then just don't say anything. You know, like, like our parents always said, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. A couple of weeks in my, in my series that I'm going to in Second Peter, we're going to be talking about counterfeits. Um, and there are a lot of counterfeits in the church. Um, people who confess to be believers um, come to church every Sunday, put their offering in the offering plate, sing praises to the Lord, sometimes even raise their hands in praise, but they've never been genuine with the Lord. They've never truly accepted him as lord and savior they may have said a prayer they may have gone down front to an altar um but they've never been genuine in their walk and that that sadly in in my experience has been a big part of the church um we like to fake it. 
And you call them counterfeit. I call them fake church gangsters because they're trying to hijack the church from the path that God wants it on to whatever their preconceived notion of churches or whatever they've been told this is what the church is supposed to be and they're trying to make it that and that's not the way it's supposed to be i had a conversation it's actually an ongoing conversation with a woman online who um she asked what do i do because she was experiencing church hurt uh, but it was coming from the leadership and the pastor and i suggested you need to have a conversation with them and let them know what you're experiencing and how you're feeling. Because sometimes, you know, we're pastors, we're busy, we're doing stuff. We don't even realize the way we say something that we think is in a nice way may come off in the wrong way. And I said, have a genuine conversation. Give them an opportunity to either explain or to hear the impact that the way that they're responding to you and treating you is having on you. And she said, okay, I'll give that a shot. Then she came back and said, okay, I, I, I I was grateful that you gave me that advice. I set up a meeting with him. We're going to meet and I'm going to be able to share, you know, what's been going on and how they've been making me feel. I'm like, awesome. That's great. Thought it was done. She came back two weeks later and said, I'm done. Pastor didn't even show up for the meeting. I didn't get a call that said he couldn't make it. I didn't get nothing. And I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. I said, give them one more chance. You may have forgot. I forget things. I get I, I had wedding counseling last week. They messaged me like half an hour after the fact, like, hey, are we still doing this? And I was like, oh, my phone was on silent. Totally missed the alarm. Yeah, my bad. She said she reached out to them again. Didn't hear from them. They said, at this point, you've done everything that the Bible would require of you, trying to you know, go and, and uh, have a conversation with that person. Uh, so if you're still uncomfortable there, Go find another place that you're comfortable, but don't let this drive you away from the body of Christ thinking every pastor is like that. All people in leadership are like that. And she's like, okay, I don't. And she was okay going to look for another place to worship. And I think that's a better resolution than the person who says, because of what I experienced here in this group of 20, 200, 2000, whatever people in this congregation I am now going to sit at home for the rest of my life, just me, my Bible, and God. And they think God's okay with that when he's not. That defies everything that God says in his word. Yeah. Yeah, because as I told my, my congregation yesterday, or Sunday, I'm all mixed up because we had Memorial Day. <laughs> as I told them on Sunday, we were never meant to go this journey alone we were we are called to be part of god's when we are born again when we are asked we ask the lord into our lives and ask him into our hearts we are immediately drafted into the lord's army and in the lord's army you never are alone um my sermon this week was uh, no man left behind and i based it on the motto that is a mainstay in all of the most of the military branches around the world leave no man behind um and because we are in we are in a war and, and as soon as you become a believer 
the war intensifies. The battle grows because this the war we're in is not made of of flesh and blood, but it's made of of principalities and, and darkness and, and things of, of evil. So we are fighting this war. We need people beside us. We need people who are going to have our backs. Um, does that mean that you always get along? No, I haven't seen a unit in the military that every person in that unit got along with one another. I may be wrong. You were in the military. I wasn't, but I, I'm just saying, you know, it's, yeah, it's tough it, to find that. There's there's arguments, there's disagreements, uh, there's even frustration over the orders that were given, but at the end of the day, there's the mission, yeah. and we have to work as a team to get that accomplished, um, and we put the arguments aside and all that to accomplish the mission. Um, right. So that that's the priority, and I think, um, as you said, the 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 picture of God's people as a family is is the focal point throughout the scriptures. And when you argue or disagree with family, you don't have to leave the family. The goal is to be reconciled. Uh, It's just, it breaks my heart because the logic, well, the biblical, you know, part behind it and the logic behind it don't, don't mesh together. No. So the person who says, I'm just going to sit at home now because I've been hurt. Even the person who says, I've been hurt by three or four. I went to three or four congregations and had disagreements with people. Number one, I would say, well, maybe look internally. Are you a source? I'm not criticizing, but are you a source of what's causing, you know, because you're the common denominator. Number two, go to another one. There are there are hundreds, thousands of churches and there's go go look online. It's not the same thing, but you can connect with people. You could still hear the message because sitting at home with you alone by your Bible, you're not a part of the church. The church, by definition, is a plurality of people called to assemble together. So you're not being the church sitting at home with your Bible. You're not carrying out God's will. You're not a part of the body, all the things that God has called you to be a part. So that doesn't let me throw a wrench in there. I agree with everything you just said. I'd take it one step further. COVID has taught us anything. It's taught us that we can sit at home and turn the TV on and watch somebody on TV and be a part of a church. That's what that's what our mindset is now. But if you've been hurt by the body of Christ, if you've been hurt in churches, go to this church, that church, and the other church, then find two or three or four people that you trust and that you get along with and you talk about. Start a Bible study in your home. Be a part of the church in your home. Make your home part of the church. I'm not saying you have to start a church. I'm not saying you have to do it. A lot of times that's what it leads into, but be, be you know, don't, don't isolate yourself from the responsibility of being part of the family. Paul Paul gave the perfect example when he, I think it's 1 Corinthians, it might be in Romans, I don't know, where he talks about the body of Christ. The head is Jesus, then we are the arms, the feet, and everything. You don't cut off the arm 
because it offends you. Yeah, yeah I think I, I think it's First Corinthians too. First and Corinthians, I think, yeah. yeah, he gave that as a perfect example. Um, but I will say this, and this is going to sound like I'm contradicting everything that we just said, but I'm not. <laughs> I am not. Uh, so once you hear it, if, if people need to go back and rewind and listen to it again, I'm not contradicting everything we said. I think it is okay if you've been hurt to take some time to heal before you go back and try again. Because when you go and you become a part of a congregation, you're becoming a part of a family. That means you're entering into a relationship. When we've been hurt in relationships, we don't rush right back in because then we make the same mistakes. We, 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 we don't see uh, the, the fruit of the relationship. We take time, we heal, and then we go back in a little bit more cautious, a little bit more slow. So it's okay to take some time and say, you know what? Uh, first church didn't work out. Second congregation, you know, I got yelled at because of the way I dressed or whatever. And we'll talk about those churches that judge people because of the way they dress in a minute, because that's wrong. But it's okay to say, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to spend the next three weeks just reading through my Bible, maybe praying, letting God find the right place for me. And then I will try again once I've had some time, able to put some things in perspective and able to pray. And I'm not saying it's okay to stay away. I'm saying it's okay to take some time, uh, let yourself heal from whatever wrongs you feel were done, um, and then go back and say, okay, now I've had some perspective. I had some time to dwell on it. I'm not as angry about it. So I'm not going to walk in. And the first person I think is saying the same thing that the last person said, I'm going to get all angry and run out. I've had some time. I've had some perspective to heal. And now I'm going to go back at it again. Yeah, and I would add to that, I agree with that 100% because we do need time sometimes. But don't go into a church with expectations. I think that's part of our problem too. We we expect other people to, you know, cater, not so much cater, but to, to shower us with affection when we first come as a visitor or, or whatever. We expect them to to just you know be there, but as you said, we all are going through our own pain, our own hurts, our own difficulties, and we we need to to not go into church with the only expectation we should have going into church is I expect to see Jesus today. That's the only expectation we should have. I expect to meet Jesus. And everything else should be just a bonus. Uh, right. Icing on the cake. Yeah. Um, and I think um all right, so now we can't we 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 can't end this without talking about those congregations that have a set culture. And that culture may be if you're not doing things the way that we are, then you're wrong. Um, Because I've had too many conversations with people who have been judged because they walked in with tattoos, they walked in with earrings, they walked in wearing a hat, they walked in and the woman wasn't wearing a hat, they walked in and the woman was wearing shorts instead of a dress or pants or the, the shorts or dress appeared too short or whatever, and they were judged, people said bad things about them, and, and how should... Uh, well, let me ask this, because we, we're going to talk about the people that walk in and experience that, how they should respond. 
and the people that are doing that, uh, which one should we address first? That's a tough one. Um, let's address the people doing that first. Okay. Um, the people doing that, stop. Just, just stop. <laughs> just stop. It's you're not their mom. You're not their dad. You're not their employer. It's not your job to tell them how to dress. It's not your job to tell them whether or not they should have earrings or tattoos. It's not your job. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. It is your job to welcome them. It is your job if they ask you to help reveal scripture to them. Um, it is not your job to judge them when they walk in about how they're dressed, uh, the way they look. Um, if you're uncomfortable with that, you know what? You go take it up to a pastoral leadership and say, hey, so-and-so is dressed rather scantily. I'm, I'm concerned that it may be a temptation for some people because there may be some people dealing with that type of temptation. Let the leadership and the pastor address it. And leadership and pastor, it is not your job to address it publicly right. at all in any way, shape, or form. And for me as a pastor, and some people may disagree with this, I'm not going to address it the first time. I'm, I'm going to wait. It may be that's just the way they dress the first time, and then they come in and they see the way everyone else is dressed, and they may make modifications on their own. Problem solved. If there's a pattern of them coming in dressed like they're going to the beach, and it's a temptation, because I know there are some people who may be dealing with that level of temptation, then after I see it's a pattern, uh, I may have a conversation with either my wife or someone else so that a woman can address them rather than a man saying, hey, this is the way you should dress or whatever. But in any case, I'm going to pray about it, but I'm not going to address it publicly in front of other people because that's humiliating and demeaning. And that's not what we are to do in the body of Christ. Right. And I'm the same way. I, I will not address it the first time around. There's a good illustration I saw, and it, it's a true story. Pastor came to a church for the very first time, and nobody knew him. Nobody knew who he was. They just knew they were getting a new pastor. He dressed up as a homeless person and sat on the steps of the church while people came in. And he he stunk. He you know he dressed very poorly. And he wanted the reaction of people as he walked in, or as they walked in. And some of them, you know, felt bad and asked if there was anything they could do to help him. Others just walked by. Some came out and said, you can't be here, hmm. you know. And so it was time for church service to start. And they're all waiting because the pastor's not up at the pulpit. They didn't know what was going on. And here comes this guy, the homeless guy, walking up to the platform and said, Jesus said to those who are that need clothes, clothe them. To those who need fed, feed them. And most of you did nothing for me. Good illustration. But I, I think that the problem that we have in churches today, in a lot of these churches that say you you got to dress this way, you got to be that way, you got to do that, they don't understand 
the fullness of God's command to us. If that makes any sense. God's command is not to go to the well-dressed, go to the, you know, those who have an education and are highly educated. God's word says go into all of the world. All of the world. And I, I, I just had this conversation because they not only apply that to their people who judge the people walking in, they apply that to pastors. I just had a conversation where someone was saying, you know, if pastors dressed more appropriately for Sunday, like with a suit and a tie, and my response was, the Bible doesn't tell a pastor to wear a suit and a tie. Western culture tells a pastor to wear a suit and a tie because in Western culture, that's what we think is to dress professional. So we can't apply our cultural standards and make them biblical mandates. Um, yeah. So the same is true of when a person walks in. The Bible doesn't say, hey, your dress has to be this long because they didn't. That's not how they dressed. Um, doesn't say a pastor has to wear a suit and tie. In actuality, they wore like robes the same way the women did. So I think we have to stop applying our little cultural standards and trying to make people adhere to them. Yeah. But now comes the question, the person who walks in, so that's to the people, pastors, leadership, congregations that are judging others like that, stop it. There's no biblical basis for it. Uh, so now to the people that walk in and they experience that, how should they respond? I'm torn. <laughs> I've walked into churches where people have looked at me um, questionably because I'm a bigger guy. Uh, I've walked into churches where I sit down in somebody's pew and they tell me to move. Yeah, made that mistake. Yeah. Um, I've been there when um, someone's passed the offering plate in front of me and I didn't have anything to put in and they just hold it there. Um, did I get up and leave? No. Did I go back? Sometimes I did. A couple of times I never went back to the church. But it wasn't necessarily because of that. It was because of a lot of different factors. I think the, the way it, we have to find out, the person who's going to church, why are you going? That's the main question you need to ask. Um, because if I go and I'm going in, in to, re, to, to learn about Jesus and to, to gain knowledge, about him it shouldn't matter what everybody else is thinking about me if my heart is following the lord i think i would approach it to go to the pastor after the service and say if you enjoyed the sermon i enjoyed your message not so much to people i mean that's, that's the way to put it yeah that's the way to put it yeah i mean you know um I have some concerns, can we talk? But I, I wouldn't just leave without saying anything 
to someone. Um, and maybe if you were invited and you came with someone, tell them, like like the lady at the at the uh, food pantry that you talked to. Um, you know, tell the person that brought you. This is what I experienced, and, and let you know, let them know, because they may not even be aware of it. Um, we get so comfortable in our own cultures, our own church and community, that it's sometimes hard to let outsiders in. And that's not what the Bible teaches us. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, I would add, because some people, they're new to their journey and and they're vulnerable, or even if they've been in that journey, just their other experience and relationships may make them seem vulnerable. But I would add, um, at, at like everything you said, go talk to them. I would say the same thing that we said about the pastor and the leadership. Don't do it in public. Right. Don't make a public thing. Go talk to the person that brought you. Go talk to the pastor or leadership and, you know, exactly, hey, thought the same was great or thought it was, you know, five on a scale of one to ten or whatever. But here's what I experienced that I'm not too crazy about. And I had and tell them what someone said to you. Mm -hmm. um, and you may want to do the same thing, which is maybe not gut react right away. Let me just wait because maybe that person was just having a bad day. I'll see what happens when I come back the next time. Same thing that if I were in leadership, I would not address it the first time. I'd wait to see if it was a pattern. The same thing. And that's just me that I would do. I wouldn't just react to what I experienced firsthand walking in. Um, I definitely, if I know I'm going to come back again, um, I would wait and see, is this a one-off? Because I, I don't want to blow something out of proportion. For all I know, this is my first time here. That person doesn't even go there. They're a first-time visitor too. I have no idea who they are. They may have just showed up and decided, and they may never, I may never see them again. And now I've kind of put my hand up and, and kept this congregation that could be the place that God wants me to be because there are loving, great people there are going to help me grow my walk. But I've kind of spoiled that because of one individual. So I would also take the time and say, well, let me let me wait. Let me see. Uh, and maybe that person had a bad day. Maybe they said it that one time and they never said nothing again. They may come back weeks later and say, oh, I remember you. Uh, you know, I got to apologize for what I said because I was just having a bad day or whatever. So, yeah. But if you feel like, hey, nope, this is this is I don't like what they said. Take the time afterwards. Try to address it with the leadership. Don't make a public spectacle uh, and, and let the leadership handle it, because you never know. The leadership may be like, you know what? You're the fifth person to say this to me. I definitely need to handle this because that's not who we are. Right. Uh, so I, I would wait and, and, and let that happen. Yeah. But I think. Going forward, uh, when you talk to, um, I don't want to say her name because that would not be fair to her. When yeah. you talk to her, ask her about coming in because I think she has several experiences um, within congregations that would be helpful to this conversation that people can identify with. Because people hear me and you and they look at us and say, well, you're pastors. You haven't dealt with this, even though we both say we have. I have walked into places where because of my skin color, wasn't accepted, walked into places where, you know, just because I'm older, you know, man, 
wasn't accepted, walked into places when I was younger, just because I was a younger man, where older people um, of my same skin color were like, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> Type yeah. thing. And I'm like, wouldn't you want people to come in? Uh, yeah. So um, I yeah. think oh, hearing from someone else who's not a pastor and whose experiences are relatively relevant, I mean, relatively recent, um, would 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 help add some perspective. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, again, uh, someone said to me, someone said to me one time, I'm not going back to church because they're filled with hypocrites. And I said, I'm not going to work because they're filled with hypocrites. We're all filled with hypocrites. Yeah, they're <laughs> I mean, everywhere. They're all great. Everywhere yeah. you go. Yeah. And, and I keep saying this. I'm like, it's not church people. It's people. It's people. It's people, people sometimes suck. They do bad things. That's why we all need Jesus. And I tell everyone that you're right. Whether they're in the church, whether they're standing in a hospital, whether they're standing on a street corner or in a grocery store, pe people suck. That's why we all need Jesus. And, and as I said earlier, if, if you quit going to church and you're hurt because of something that was said or done in, in the service or at the church, then you're really not going to church for the right reason. Examine your walk with God. And you may say, well, Mark, I'm not a Christian, so I needed that. Well, then find it. Find it. Don't just give up on it. Yeah, don't, don't, I mean, find another place to go. If you're searching for God, believe God is searching for you. And God's not going, if you're truly searching for him, and, and, you know, God is always looking for us. He's always taking care of us. So if you're really truly searching for him, he's not going to not let you find him. Yeah. And, makes and sense. going back to that relationship analogy, it's like if you're looking for a, a spouse or significant other someone to enter into a relationship with and the first one doesn't work the second one doesn't work you don't say i'm done all together well some people do but you shouldn't say i'm done all together because and i equate it to saying and this is this is some people say this is a stretch but saying because i had a bad experience with this small group of people all people in that category are not worth my time uh, that's that's kind of like what racism is. People who look at a person, a group of people of one race, and because they've had a bad experience with one or two people, or because of stereotypes about the people, they say, I'm done with the whole race. So that's what you're doing when you say, because I had a bad experience with one or two people in this congregation, in your city or town, that all the rest of the Christians, that we're like them. And 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 that's that's disrespectful to us to those of us who know we are not yeah i i agree i agree wholeheartedly um and you know like i said christians are people and we have flaws um 
and we are going to disappoint. We are going to let people down. We are going to frustrate people at times. But we're also going to love and we're also going to care. And we're also going to shine when we allow the Lord to work through us. And uh, um, you hit a good point. So I'm going to add this and to spit it out, clean up later. Um, don't get mad at the pastor when he preaches the biblical truth, calling sin, sin. And that makes you mad because you're engaged in that sin. Right. Don't get mad at the pastor. That doesn't mean he's judging you or being disrespectful to you. That means he's doing what God has called him to do, revealing the truth of God's word, pointing out activities that we as Christians should not be involved in. That's not being judgmental. That's not being hateful. That's not being uh, discriminatory. That's being a pastor. Right, and, and which is hard sometimes when you're in a small church. Yeah. Because you know people and you know what they're doing. And you know, but when it comes up in scripture, you know, you got to do it. Yeah, you it comes up. You can't like, we're going to skip verses three and five because that might apply to Joe. No, we're going to talk about verses three and five. I'm not talking about Joe. I'm talking about what God said in these verses. And yeah. here's the truth of God's word. Yeah, I preached yesterday or Sunday on, on No Man Left Behind, as I said. And one of the things I said, we have a lot of people missing in action. Using the military analogy, we have a lot of people missing in action. Um, they've either gone over to the enemy lines, they've been captured by the enemy, or they're just hiding from the truth. And if we as pastors or we as church leaders or even we as fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord don't go looking for those missing in action, then we're just as bad as the ones missing in action. Yeah, I think we have a responsibility to uh, to go after, you know, to leave the 99 and go looking for the one just for like one. Jesus said. Uh, which is why we're not attacking you guys who say, no, oh, you say my church. this is us trying to go after you and look for the one reveal truth um explain uh apologize if we need to where wrongs have been done but also bring biblical truth to you know hey that's not the right thing to do is to totally separate yourself um yeah, yeah so Again, uh, we're not called to be isolated isolationist yeah we're, we're not it, it it is it goes against the word of god to isolate yourself from the people of god because you've been hurt by them um you know we're called to be reconcilers to reconcile one to another to be reconciled one to another we can't do that when we won't even talk to one another because we feel like we've been hurt um yeah. so uh yeah i think i think we've 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 kind of hopefully got that across and uh i'm just gonna, i'm gonna ask mark to share any final thoughts and then to pray for us uh and to pray for those people who may be out there feeling like they need to stay away from the church or they've been hurt by the church yeah my only my only or my closing thought would be this um put your trust in god 
not in man. That's what we are to, called to do. Um, Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6 says, Lean not on your own understanding, but trust God, because he knows the way. So trust him uh, and, and, and understand that, you know, all through life, we're going to have disappointments. We're going to have people that are going to hurt us and frustrate us, but don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Father, thank you once again for this platform to that you've made available to just sit and talk. Uh, we know there are a lot of hurting people in this world, um, people who have given up on the church because of someone else. Um, Lord, just speak to that individual right now. And let them know that you're encouraging them to give the body of Christ one more chance. Um, we can't do it alone. We can't be the church alone. First, we have to have you. Most important to have you or we're not the church. And then we need each other. We need each other to stand by. Uh, one another to lean on one another just like Moses needed them to hold his hands up when he got tired we need someone to hold our arms up when we get tired so Lord we just ask that you would mend the brokenhearted that you would bind the the spirits of Satan um, that that capture our minds and put the thoughts of well I'll never trust anyone again uh, that's that's a, that's a, a weapon of the enemy that we can do away with, and we just ask that you would just um, give us who are in the church, who are in a a local body of believers, um, the insight and the the strength to move forward and to care for one another as you has called as you have called us to care for one another and as you care for us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.